0: Hi, I'm
1: Dan Gibson. I'm on staff here with Kaiafa at CSU, and welcome to the Kaiafa Winter Break Podcast, where we'll be talking about knowledge of the holy as we're reading through it together as a community. On this week's episode, Nate and Brent sit down and talk about wondering. And I sit down with Ileana and get to hear her share stories about how kingdom relationships have played out in her life.
2: Hey, Chi Alpha community. We are here. I'm here with my brother-in-arms, Brent Kaiser. Brent's got his water. I've got a uh, little bit of my mocha left, and I think we are we are ready, ready to go. Yeah. So, Brent, any thoughts? Yeah, we're going to start with the first six chapters
3: of Knowledge of the Holy. And uh, l- just a little bit of information about Tozer. He was a pastor in Chicago in the middle of the last century, so 50s, 60s, really well-known Christian writer as well. He's very prolific, wrote a lot of books, including Knowledge of the Holy, Uh, and he was really known as a worshiper. He would uh, oftentimes be found in his office laying prostrate, uh, just wordlessly worshiping God. And it was something that he was really known for. Is he he would meditate and think about God, and and he just devoted uh, really the bulk of his life to worshiping God. So a lot of this book comes from those thoughts
2: that that yeah. that time of meditation. And You see that because he he kind of goes into really some heady areas of theology. Um, But one of the reasons why we picked this book was, while it's going to give you something to chew on in your mind, um, Tozer always has a way of bringing this back into a place of worship and adoration to the Lord. and You're going to catch that spirit uh, in his writings coming out uh, very often in the way that he writes and thinks about these ideas of God. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: You know, one thing, Nate, he brings up, um, which I think would be a good question to maybe start with, is why think about God in this way at all? You know, a lot of the chapters are very, uh, how do you say it, you know, concepts that are hard to grasp at first. Uh, This is, you know, we're thinking about really heady themes. Uh, God is infinite. He's eternal, uncreated. You know, uh, how do we Wrap our minds around that. Let alone, is it worth it? Is it practical to do so? And he kind of, I think he lays that out really well in the first chapter. But I just wanted to see. Do you have any thoughts on uh, in your life, even how it has the the thinking about God, the knowledge of the Holy, right? Yeah, uh, you know, worked in your in your life.
2: Yeah, that's a good question, bro. We were we were actually talking, Brent and I, just just casually the other day. We were talking about. Uh, something about just what are we learning, what are we thinking about? And and I was asking Brent, like, what drives you day to day when you're reading, when you're praying, when you're thinking about the Lord? Like, what's what's driving you? Like, what's the motivation that you're striving for? And, and I think it was great what you were commenting on, just the desire to feel a sense of awe and wonder in the Lord. And, and you know, I think that, at least in part, there's a lot of ways that we could answer really probably any these kind of questions are going to come up from this book, but I think one of the things that that he actually brings up in the chapter on the Trinity is this: the importance of wonder. And a lot of contemporaries yep, of Tozer have have talked about that, uh, the importance of that. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know,
3: he has a really good quote from this man named Thomas Carlyle in the chapter on the Trinity where Thomas Carlyle says, uh, where he's talking about, Uh, how we've lost our sense of wonder. He says, how different are we who have grown used to the world around us, who have become jaded with a satiety of wonder? It is not by our superior insight that we escape the difficulty, says Carlyle. It is by our superior levity, our inattention, our want of insight. It is by not thinking that we cease to wonder at it. We call that fire of the black thundercloud electricity and lecture learnedly about it and grind the like out of it of glass and silk. But what is it? Whence comes it? Whither goes it? Science has done much for us, but it is a poor science that would hide from us the great, deep, sacred infinitude of nations, whither we can never penetrate on which all science swims as a mere superficial film. This world, after all our science and sciences, is still a miracle, wonderful, inscrutable, magical, and more to whosoever will think of it. So basically he's saying there, you know, it's because of our lack of thinking about these things that we've lost the sense of wonder. Yeah. Right.
2: Why, for you, Brent, I mean, just talking about, like, why do you think wonder is such an important thing? And I think this is a relevant thing that will permeate your thought life and your Devo life over the Christmas break if you really take hold of it. Everything about this book really will be affected in some ways based on whether we're just trying to intellectually comprehend for the sake of you know, being able to answer correctly on the theology test, you know, so to speak, or whether we, we think of it uh, in this other way. But why is wonder so important for the believer?
3: That's a great question. For me personally, wonder is a lot of what drives my desire to know God. I mm-hmm. think the experience of wonder um, there is really nothing quite like it. Yeah. Um, it's somehow deeply ingrained in us. I think this desire to be amazed and overawed mm-hmm. by something greater than ourselves. You know, yeah. why else do we go climb fourteeners? Or you know, go. We we're constantly, even in nature, um, seeking out thrills, excitement. You know, we go to theme parks. Uh, those are all just like miniature little tastes of awe and wonder. I think. But w- when you approach God, you're you're approaching the most wonderful, awesome being in the universe, and it is, uh, I think, necessary in worshiping Him that that component of wonder be there. Yeah. Um, and when you have that. Um, you you want, in a sense, to be impressed by God. Mm-hmm. And I think what Tozer would say is we've gotten to a point where our thinking is so low of God and we, we think so little about him or our, our thinking is wrong about him in certain ways that we've maybe lost that wonder. Yeah. And in order to recapture it, we need to go back to
2: yeah. his thoughts. I think it brings to mind this idea that, like, I think to the modern reader, um, we often think about wonder as something that we don't understand. I think there's two kinds of wonder broadly, or they come from maybe two places. One is I don't understand. You think of like the caveman looking up at the heavens and like, I don't know what that is, but that, that mystery fills me with wonder. And, and while I think we need to learn to actually embrace that, um, I think the modern mind kind of revolts against that idea because it wants, it wants to understand, it wants to comprehend. But and so we, we throw off wonder th- in the pursuit of understanding, but the modern physicist would would probably tell you I gotta I gotta throw in a physics you know analogy <laughs> somewhere in here so I'm just gonna get it out of the gate here. But you know the modern physicist the more we've discovered about the universe. Now, now we've got, you know, the Hubble telescope and any number of actually more modern versions of that kind of stuff. We've got theoretical physicists coming up with all kinds of ideas that seem to fit with the nature of reality. Like, the more we discover the modern physicists, not like the caveman looking at the stars saying, what is this? But saying, I know what this is, also fills them with wonder. So there is wonder that comes from mystery. Yeah, yeah. And yet there's also wonder that comes from understanding. And I think in God we find both. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much more to him. And Tozer's kind of getting at this in this book. He's really, he keeps going back and forth, like you were saying, about like he's too big for us to fully get. Mm -hmm. But there's there's some things that he's let himself be revealed, revealed about him. And both of those things, the mystery and the revelation, both should bring us to that place of awe and 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 really, desire for more mm-hmm. as we get filled in heart and mind with with that. I think that's where the mind and the and the heart really connect yeah. in that concept of of being in awe of God. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I a really good analogy I've heard
3: that I think about when I read this book uh, comes from another writer, Francis Schaeffer, uh, contemporary of Tozer's, who said when we're trying to understand these truths about God. Think of a child grasping a group of balloons. You know, he's grasping the strings that are attached to the balloons, and they go, you know, really far up in the sky. And if you could think of each balloon and each string is representing sort of a a truth about God. Mm. That child, he can get his, you know, his fat little hand around the strings at the bottom. So he's grasping something. It's real. The truth that, that he has, the truth that we have about God Though it may be small, so to speak, uh, it's it's not less real because we don't understand all of it. Right. But however, even though you've grasped that little chunk, there's you've got this whole distance going all the way up. You know, the balloon it, it goes way up in the sky, and you really are not going to exhaust these truths about God.
2: Yeah, it's good. So, Brent, any thoughts? You know, for our students, as they're on break, maybe at home, maybe uh, doing any number of different kind of things. Typically, this can be an interesting season because, on one hand, we might have more time uh, to to focus on thinking about the Lord and filling our mind. At the same time, a lot of times the habits and the rhythms of our life that maybe are filled with the community and and rhythms of, of devotion and the spiritual disciplines are absent because we're no longer in kind of the week to week rhythm. So, like, what any advice you might have for our, our students thinking through over the Christmas break? How do they practically take this book and, and fill their minds and their hearts with an awe that draws them to the Lord uh, in this moment? Yeah, it's a great question. I think about myself when I was
3: first maybe learning to read books like this, um, where it feels a little bit like, I don't know, like school almost, like, man, I'm, I'm, I've got to, you know, learn and educate. And um, I think what you do is, as you're being challenged when you read through this, you need to um, take your time. You know, I would really encourage those of you that are reading through this with us, um, read a chapter a day. But don't just read through it quickly and then move about your day. I would encourage you to ponder it, meditate on it, come back to it maybe later in the day, later that night, and, and think about it. Just think about it. And continue to mull over it and let it um, percolate, so to speak, in your mind and in your heart. And as Tozer says, that the place where your mind can't go, let your heart go further. That's and good. worship.
1: All right. So I'm sitting here today with Ileana. Ileana, how you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Good. I'm so glad you joined us today. Uh, so Ilya, why don't you tell us for those who maybe haven't heard your story.
0: Yeah.
1: How did you get involved as mm. a student? Because mm-hmm. you're an alumni of Chi Alpha, yeah. right? Okay. Yes. So I'd just like to hear like how you got involved yeah. in a small group and yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd love to share. So, Uh, For those of you who don't know, I was actually a student at Sam Houston State University, which is um, the school that pioneered this ministry at CSU. There was a group of Texas guys that came and I'm sure you'll hear about that later. Um, And so, yeah, I was a student. I didn't grow up knowing Jesus, um, totally lost, and my life was a mess coming into college Um, And I was just really desperate for friends. I had horrible friends in high school, um, didn't have great friends starting my freshman year, and I just really wanted friends. Um, And this guy that I knew that was the same major as me, he actually got involved, or got invited to Chi Alpha uh, through another student in his class. And he actually asked me, do you want to go to Chi Alpha with me? And in my mind, I was like, oh, this must be like a fraternity party or something. Yeah. And so I was like, sure, <laughs> I'd love to go to this Chi Alpha thing. And I'll never forget going in his car, driving, and all of a sudden he um, stopped at this church. And it was like this huge church building, a really old school. And I was like, where are we? <laughs> is this where the party is? <laughs> really confused. And um, I, yeah, I'll never forget walking in that church and seeing over a thousand students worshiping Jesus. Wow. Um, you know, the worship was going, people were crying, raising their hands. And I was just in shock cause I mm. had no idea that this was ever a thing. Yeah. And, um, that night I was introduced to this girl, Amanda, who, um, was my small group leader and she just immediately, uh, brought me into her life. You know, mm. not only hung out with me for coffee, but she invited me to her house for dinner. Um, you know, we would go on walks together. We would study together. Uh, she invited me to her house all of the time to, um, for me to meet her roommates and I got to know her roommates really well. She lived with five other girls and they were all small group leaders and they all just took me in and loved me. Um, there was so much joy in that house. Mm. I'll never forget just walking in after having a bad day and they're just laughing and uh, just having fun together. And there was just a joy that I couldn't have imagined it could exist. You mm. know, it was yeah. just incredible to walk in there and to just sense the tangible presence of God yeah. in that house. Mm. And, um, I immediately wanted to be a part of mm. what they had. And so I think that's what honestly, um, kept me around. You know, mm. I just loved being there, loved getting to know them. I loved small group. The girls that I got to know are friends with me now, mm. even that's awesome. 10 years later. And so, um, yeah, just the sisterhood that I was witnessing as, a, you know, a nineteen, twenty-year-old, uh, just impacted my life greatly. Mm. Yeah.
1: So would you say like being a part or seeing a part of that house, Amanda and all her roommates, you said that played a big role in like coming to your, coming to know Jesus. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, Amanda started sharing the gospel with me and I'll never forget her roommate, Molly, um, also sharing the gospel with me, but in a different way. Mm. You know, it wasn't like the same words. It wasn't the same kind of script, you know, it was Mm -hmm. different. Molly's experience with Jesus was different from Amanda's experience with Jesus and her other roommate, Lauren knew Jesus in a different way too. Mm -hmm. And they all came to know the Lord in different ways. So getting to hear how they personally, personally knew Jesus, um, opened my eyes to the different ways that I can know Jesus, you know, and they just made it, um, Like I could really know the person of Jesus himself, Mm. you know, and I just like love that so much. And so they really fought for me. I mean, I'll never forget, um, you know, walking into that house one day and I was just a mess. I was crying. I had a horrible day and all five of their roommates just came to me and they just talked to me and then they prayed over me. They laid hands and they just, um, you know, fought for me in prayer that I would know him. Mm. And that was the first time I can really say that I was like, yes, Jesus, I want you. Like I, I want more wow. of you. That's and, awesome. um, it's crazy to look back at on it because Amanda couldn't have done that alone. You know, Mm -hmm. of course Amanda was probably the most pivotal part of my, me getting to know Jesus, but it was also her roommates, you know, getting to, getting to display the kingdom of God, getting to display community and sisterhood. Um, They really were able to share with me. um, Yeah. How to know God, like really know him, you know, not just know about him.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. We in Kyle, we talk about, Brotherhood, sisterhood, and how community is plays such a vital role mm-hmm. in our personal walks with the Lord, but also how it can help bring people to Jesus by seeing the community at large yeah, and absolutely. how we love one another. And Jesus talks about that. Yes. You know, people will know that you're my fathers by the way you love one another. Mm-hmm. And so you being able to see how Amanda and her roommates loved one mm-hmm. another and then ultimately loved you. Yeah. To, you know, brought you to Jesus. That's just so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you kind of know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And now you're like hungry to know more of who God is. So what is, what were some of the things that were like really important? Like, I feel like I really need to do this Mm -hmm. in order to like, Mm -hmm. you know, stay, stay the course. Mm -hmm. And so what were, what were some major, what were some decisions that you made that helped you in your walk with the Lord?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, you know, we have that maxim, what God does in you, he wants to do through you. And I feel like God did a work in me. I mean, I could go on and on about mm-hmm. the work that he did in me, but, um, I immediately after coming to know the Lord just had this hunger to want to be used by God. Um, and so there were a lot of things I had to give up in my life. I had to clean up. Um, yeah. Cause I was, you know, not obviously living for him before I came to know Jesus. And so just cleaning out things in my life that, um, that were, separating me from God was like a a huge process. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that sisterhood is so important with, like they can keep you accountable, you know, they can, they can give you guidance. Mm -hmm. And so I remember just always seeking guidance from Amanda and from her roommates and from my, um, you know, other small group members. And so, um, you know, I remember one example is deciding to move out of my apartment of unbelievers to living with believers. You know, mm-hmm. my, um, the, the house that, uh, my small group leader, Amanda lived in, uh, she had graduated and was moving. And so there was, um, a vacancy in the house. And so uh, I had this really amazing opportunity to live with five other girls who were all small group leaders, like all love Jesus and, um, just wanted to basically do what Amanda did for me for Mm -hmm. other girls. And I wanted to be a part of that so bad. So um, I decided to move into this house and um, honestly, it was like a hard decision because the house I lived in was pretty sketch. Uh, It was um, just this really old house. It almost feels like you're camping when you're living there. Yeah,
3: fantastic.
0: (laughs) Whatever the temperature is outside, it is inside. It was just, yeah, (laughs) not a great house really old. Um, and so I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll do this for you, God. And, uh, I'll never forget. Yeah. Moving my stuff in and I moved into, it was, it's not even a room. It was like a storage space. Uh, it was, I mean, nice. so small. It's like, like the Manchester it, house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like um, yeah, it was just this tiny room and it was connected to the bathroom. So if I wanted to get into my room, I had to go through the kitchen, through the bathroom to my room. Hmm. And so it was just like that's, that's an interesting uh, house, but yeah, but that's I wanted, I know it was I'm definitely amazed, but I wanted to live there. I wanted to be a part of what was, what God was going to do through that house. So I decided to move there and it was honestly the best decision I ever mm-hmm. made, uh, living with, um, sisters who loved Jesus and would help me and keep me accountable and, um, yeah, help me grow in my walk with God.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So I've, I've heard about this house yes. briefly. Yeah. You know, it's been, you know, passed around from, <laughs> you know, my, my wife's a part of your resource. And so she's kind of shared yeah, some stories. Yeah. So there's a certain story I've heard of the cockroach <laughs> story. Yes. Could you, could you elaborate for yeah. those of us who are So aren't?
0: if you've never been to Texas, sadly, there's a lot of, um, not appealing wildlife there. <laughs> Possums, raccoons, And cockroaches that are like the size of your foot. They're Mm -hmm. just like huge and they fly, which is horrible. The cockroaches fly. The cockroaches fly. It's horrible. uh, It's like a terrifying. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, part of living in this house, the hard part was that there were, we always had to deal with cockroaches. Mm -hmm. It was really horrible. And so, um, yeah, luckily my roommates were just not afraid of cockroaches, which was great. So whenever I saw a cockroach, it was just killing for me. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, we always had these problems with cockroaches. And so um, one time, we were just really fed up with it. We had to throw away our microwave because they were like, yeah, starting a family in there. And um, oh. we had to like really clean out a lot of stuff. And finally, we were just really fed up with it. And we we're like, we need to take care of this. And so my roommate, Paige, bought this a bomb. It's like a cockroach bomb. Mm -hmm. And you can like leave your house and set it off for an hour and it kills everything in your house. And so (laughs) we all pitched in and got this bomb and we all stood outside in our under our carport and my roommate Paige um let this bomb out. And um we were like really close to our backyard and we never cut the grass in our backyard. So it's basically like the grass is like this like up jungle. to my waist, yeah, yeah basically, mm-hmm. and um, it was a really hot day, really still day, no wind going on, but we let this bomb off, and all of a sudden we see the backyard and we see the grass m- waving and moving like as if a big gust of wind went through the backyard, and we look back there, and all of these cockroaches from under our house are fleeing. Oh, <laughs> and through the backyard, and so it's just. <laughs> the ground so was like moving,
1: like the plague.
0: <laughs> like the plague, yes. But it was under our house, and it was so horrible. But luckily, after that, we didn't oh. have a problem with cockroaches. That bomb worked, so I'm really grateful for that bomb. <laughs> but yeah, that the Lord. that house is so old, and yeah, Man. should probably just get burned up. And <laughs> so,
1: so sisterhood, you you fight for the lost lands of God, and. And you fight, you cockroaches. fight cockroaches
0: together. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: wow. That's so gross. I
0: know. So gross. But, you know, it was worth it for the sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, Man, awesome. there were so many great things about that house. Um, <clears throat> you know, of course, it was funny. Like there were funny, quirky things about it. But we also had this small group room. Um, it was like a back room behind the kitchen. And all of us had our small groups there. And I had small group there when I was in Amanda's small group. And um, it's just cool to have a room that represents, like, the generations, Mm. you know, of small groups that have happened. And the amount of tears and snot that went into the carpet, you know, from, like, just being on our knees and accepting God, you know. And, um, yeah, I I just remember walking into that room. And I I loved spending time with the Lord in that room Mm. because I feel like it was just so precious like it was such a precious room you know and just being able to you know have prayer time with my roommates you know we would always make sure to pray as a house together and being able to do that in a room um, being able to have coffee and spend time with Jesus in that room um, was just really special so I highly recommend for any of you guys who are thinking about um, what to do for living next semester you know live with your small group members live with your small group leader Um, live with people in this ministry because Mm. it's so fun and joyful and hilarious and you'll make great memories that you'll remember forever but also like just to have the opportunity to pray with your roommates you know and to pray for the people that are in your life together and to spend time with God together and to work through stuff together um, you know that's just so priceless and so I highly recommend anyone to do that yeah
1: man that's some wisdom right there awesome well illy thank you so much for sharing your stories today man that was awesome and disgusting all at the same time (laughs) but uh yeah we're so grateful for you and for Mm -hmm. brent and your family and what you guys bring to our community and uh the sisters that you have around you Mm -hmm. it's it's awesome so thank 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 you That's it for today's episode. Be sure to tune in next week.